It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last time we chatted with funnel guru Trey Llewellyn, which all I'm going to say is for those of you who listened, I know it got your heads seriously spinning about what you could or couldn't do in the world of e-commerce. Go and have a listen to that one after this episode because you want to hear this one before you go and listen to that one. Um, but also, if you've got questions that have been sparked by what Trey was saying or by what you listen to today, please do join in the conversation in our Facebook group. It's called the E-Commerce Master Plan World Facebook group. So it should be pretty easy to find on Facebook. If though you'd rather go via my URL, it's ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And it's completely free to join. And I would love to be chatting with you in there. So hopefully I'll see you in there soon. Now, today, we've got three guests for you. Um, we have James Whitfield, who's the one in charge at Fenarchi, together with Ryan Ward, the sales director, and Sean Sykes, the creative director. Between them, they run the online, an online-only retailer who also do wholesale. Now, they're bringing a fresh, modern look to men's accessories and becoming masters of the crowdfunding product launch. They launched in late 2014 had a year two turnover of £220,000, which was massively up from their £60,000 turnover in year one. Hi, guys. Hello. Okay, so let's just, just so if you want to try and track who's talking, James, can you can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm James, uh, and I'm sort of in charge around here. Excellent. And we've got Ryan. I'm Ryan. I'm in charge of sales. Cool. And then we've got Sean. I'm Sean, and I'm the creative director. Cool. Okay. Well, look, guys, I've given our listeners the most ridiculously quick overview of what you're up to. Um, but how did you get started in e-commerce? What led to Venacci starting? Yeah, well, um, uh, our story is uh, we started um, when we used to be design consultants. Um, and about two and a half years ago, uh, the projects we were working on uh, came to an end. And we were looking around and, uh, at that point we decided, uh, if we decided, uh, sorry, if we designed and produced our own products, um, we could create a much higher quality, um, much more useful items for people, uh, that they could connect with and that they want to keep for longer. So you uh, were working as consultants designing the sorts of products you now sell. So in kind of consumables, accessories, that kind of area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we were consultants, uh, our, our, we worked on about 300 products a year kind of thing. Um, oh. so get through a fair volume. But it, it was, uh, we worked on, I think, from like computer mice to paint trays and watering cans. So it's oh. like a really varied uh, mixture of things. So it was really nice to take a step back from that and design the things that we actually cared about kind of thing. And so when you decided you were going to design those products for yourselves, how did you... How did you come to go, right, the way we need to do this is e-commerce, not wholesale purely or not going and listing them on Amazon? How did you decide you wanted to create that brand and that online identity? Um, I think that we we just decided to just go for it. 
in in the early days we just needed to get something off the ground and that we could control and and that that we had uh totally within uh uh control and remit uh, rather than kind of hoping that somebody would pick up on it uh, in in the wholesale sort of arena so if we just started uh from scratch controlled everything our designs did it our way and then we could just get things up and running a little bit quicker and uh it's carried on to this point and uh through kickstarter and then onto having our own store our own online store uh it's just been the way to do it uh, since day one excellent so that's so the e-commerce basically gave you a bit of control so you could set out your store before um the wholesalers started tweaking things absolutely yeah Okay, cool. Well, look, let's, um, we're going to come back for everyone, anyone who's listening going, you said crowdfunder, you said Kickstarter. I want to know more. We are coming back to that, I promise you. But let's just, uh, let's just tick, tick the boxes first off, though. So you're based in the UK. Are you selling globally or are you selling just in the UK? Yeah, so we're up in Leeds, but it is a global uh, reach that we've got. We sell through the store to direct customers to the USA and Singapore, but we also have wholesale accounts in the US, Singapore, China, Australia, and then every so often somewhere with, you know, less recognition maybe on the map pops up, such as Reunion, Faroe Isles. Um, oh. Even this morning, uh, Kazakhstan came through for us uh, at long last. Yeah. <laughs> Is that one you've been waiting to tick off the list? Yeah. Thank God, Kazakhstan's come in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every so often, so oh, okay, we had Azerbaijan the other week. So yeah, nice. uh, it's uh, it's it just keeps growing and growing. Excellent. And um, the pr- tell tell everyone a little bit about the product because I've really glossed over that. So what is this this product that you're selling? Uh, so we sell men's accessories, so uh, wallets, card cases, uh, watches. And the, the most recent thing that we're doing is uh, fragrance jewellery. Um, so this allows you to uh, infuse your bracelets, uh, like pendants and cufflinks, uh, with perfume or cologne. Um, and we, we tend to say this, this makes the fragrance last around seven times longer than just spraying it on your skin. Um, so the material that, that we've developed is uh, it's called Lockstone. And that sits at the heart of all our accessories. And um, it's this USP that's really helped our range to like stand out in the competitive market they're in. So you're not just another men's accessories brand, you're the men's accessories brand that enable you to smell nice throughout the day. Exactly. <laughs> or is that putting it too flippantly? No, that's, that's no? Yeah, pretty no. much spot on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. And um, and then what platform did you choose to sell on? Because did you go bespoke or, or have you gone for one of the standards? Uh, we chose Shopify uh, for our platform. Um, and given you're on Shopify, what key widgets and plugins have you put in? Because no one, no one just has Shopify. There's always something else widgeted in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say it's a heavily modified uh, Shopify uh, platform. Um, there's been there's a lot of custom bits of programming in there, um, and then uh, but the plugins and stuff has really caught on for us in, like uh, for reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, to automate that process and get the feedback from from our customers and things like that. And who do you use for reviews? Who shall go to? Um, I think it's the Shopify built in mm-hmm. uh, their own their own thing because uh, it just works so much better with the uh, Google rankings and stuff like that. And any others? Yeah, might sound a little uh, dull compared to that, but the order printer. <laughs> <laughs> 
because if you just print an order straight out of Shopify, it's very, very dull. But the order printer just gives you a bit of flexibility to maybe impress a bit more of your branding and identity as a company just into all the paperwork. So there's a real nice consistency feel. Uh, so it's very useful uh, having that one, even though it might just seem like a bit of a, you know, it's just stationary. Um, so I'd recommend that. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more because it's that it's that tangible bit. Sorry, I couldn't agree with you more, not about the fact it's a bit dull, but the fact it's actually really interesting. Um, because the, the the thing someone gets through the post is the only tangible representation of your brand they get. Obviously, you've got unique products, but to be able to put the branding on the order form that, that goes goes in the um, in the parcel is, I think, really important. So I think it's a great one. Um, okay, and what's there's obviously there's the three of you. Now, I know you make your products yourself, so I'm guessing there's more than just the three of you. So who else is in the team? Yeah, we've got Egg as well, um, the the main crafter that we've got. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's, there's four of us now designing uh, and building full time, and uh, we've also got Mac Mac Coms, who's our new PR agency that really help out with our PR. Cool. And is there anything else you've outsourced on the marketing front, or uh, we tend to do a lot in house. Use um, people for our a lot as well. Don't yeah, um, which is is great for outsourcing little remedial jobs and just repetitive tasks and just or even small creative things that are just really prepared yeah so what can you um for those because i know there's a lot of people listening who are very nervous of the whole virtual assistant mm. outsourcing into the ether you know someone you can't see the whites of their eyes of um could you give them some idea of kind of the, the craziest thing which when you started you never thought you'd have put on people per hour but which you've now reached the point of putting on people per hour is there a job that still surprises you you put it up there Um, I, mean, I suppose from my experience, uh, we get a lot of, we do get some creative content from people per hour, but I don't think it's that crazy. Maybe not. Um, it's just when you start out, um, you might think you've got loads of time, but then as things kind of snowball, uh, you get less and less time. And that thing that was an easy job in the, in the good old days becomes something that takes up so much of your time. When you've got all these other things, you just spin in a lot of different plates. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, uh, with with anything that's been written, any sort of content creation, it can help take the edge off having someone on people per hour who's really trustworthy um, to to come up with decent curated content uh, as part of our uh, overall branding and marketing approach. So that's my two cents on that. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the copy we have checked by someone on people per hour because. Uh, yeah. It's just good to have a professional copywriter that isn't full-time. They're just on hand when you need them. So you guys do draft one and they correct the typos and make it better? Yeah, pretty much. Fix all the terrible spelling. (laughs) And when you say curated content, are we talking about other uh, content from other places, I'm assuming, that you're then going to share on your social media? So it'll sometimes come down to that... um, We'll, we'll discuss, um, what we'd like to see in a blog post, for instance, and then give a brief of, we're looking for this, this, and this. And then they'll come back to us. Oh, these are some things that we've been working on. And it allows us to take, uh, their, their content that they've created, which is very high quality and professionally done, uh, and then augment it, uh, onto our, uh, designs and things like that. So it always loops back into, into creating, uh, decent content 
for people to read, but also it incorporates what we're getting up to as well. So the blogs will sometimes alternate between things that are directly written by us. And then perhaps if we have to outsource things, because we can't go to all the fashion shows, we can't read all the magazines, mm-hmm. can't be on on everything at once. So it's really good to just reach out to that one person who is doing that full time. And then you just have a nice relationship with them to come up with decent content that they've curated effectively for you in the end. Okay, excellent excellent explanation of how using people per hour as well. Thank you, chaps. Really appreciate that. Now, um, what do you think, between the three of you, is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Well, I think we've managed to marry our love of design and giving people products that aid them and they enjoy. And that's what makes it all more satisfying. When we were talking previously about it being a consultancy and designing for somebody else and uh, like watering cans and, and mice for computers and things like that. Like it's That's great. But the fact that we've managed to create things that we really love and other people love and it helps them as well in, in their everyday lives with uh, the, how they how they want to look, how they want to be perceived. So that's, I think that's the best thing that we've got going right now. Uh, the fact that we enjoy the entire design process and that's leading to happy people the world over. I'd say that's the best thing about us right now. I think that's a pretty good one, I have to say. Okay, well, well, let's move on then into the world of crowdfunding because am I right in saying you've you've embraced that business model right from day one? Uh, yeah, it was uh, born of necessity uh, in a certain sense. Um, it took three weeks from concept to creation to get that first Kickstarter campaign running. Uh, mm-hmm. which if anyone has done one before three weeks is not a long yeah. period of time to get that sort of thing going. Uh, so the fact that we managed to get it off the ground and it works is all the more remarkable from our point of view, I suppose. And you say that was desperation. I'm guessing you had the idea but not the money to fund the production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the common Kickstarter scenario. Um, yeah. So what what was that original one? What happened in the in the very first one? Just uh, the headlines. Yeah, so the first campaign we raised uh, twenty four thousand uh, pounds. Uh, it was a carbon fiber uh, derived leather wallet um, that had uh, the unique pointers. It popped up and things like that. So it's got a, just a little bit extra to it. Okay, and now you've done several, haven't you? Yeah, we're currently in number seven. Number yeah. seven, <laughs> wow! That must put put you right up there with some of the the most frequent Kickstarters out there, doesn't it? Yeah, quite a good uh, community following now. So it's quite nice when whenever we launch a product, there's always a a group of interested people there that are wanting to see what we're doing. Does so, it say super creative next to our name? That's it. Does that bad me bad up? Something like that. Yeah, yeah something like multi seven time seven time creative. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So. Nice. So, um, so have you ever considered using a different platform than Kickstarter, or is it just a no brainer to stick with the one you started with? Um, we have considered it, but we've got such a good following on Kickstarter now that it'd be. It'd, I think we're we're settled in nicely. Because <laughs> that—that's the thing with a lot, a lot of the the crowdfunding platforms—is that 
there is that community aspect to it, isn't it? People have accounts and they follow you and then they can see what you do next time. So there is a bit of a a loss if you were to move somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a friendly bunch on Kickstarter as well. Everyone seems really nice when you come across because you get a lot more interaction with people on there than you would do regularly yeah. in the business kind of thing. So. And it's interesting to see, uh, you know, you get people who are serial backers and you see they've backed hundreds of projects and they just want to get involved. And then the other side of the coin is these fanatical individuals who come out of nowhere who you've never interacted with before, but they, they're just so into what you're doing. You think, wow, how did we, what did we say to this person to get this sort of response? And then they follow you the whole way. And, uh, we've had some people back every single project. Really? Um, yeah, they keep coming back and it's yeah, great. great. Yeah, they're always in the sort of very low number, uh, not of back, so it's like back at number four or something like that. They're always right there. So you can rely on them, I suppose. Yeah. And I suppose you also know that you, if, if this ever happened, you'd know you've missed the mark if those guys haven't gone in straight away. It's like, all right, okay, maybe we need to tweak things a bit. Yeah, that's it's a good indicator. We even had one guy who's always back to us, and he basically critiqued an entire project. Uh, and I responded to him, and then he ended up backing it, and then he did a review on his own, uh, which wasn't necessarily going to anyone other than us. And it was just this very, wow, very methodical, thorough approach. Now, I, don't, I mean, he happens to be from the Netherlands, so if this is the Dutch approach, fair enough, but... <laughs> He was just extremely thorough and he's been there since day one. He knows who he is. <laughs> cool. Look, on the on that crowdfunding side of things, given you've run seven, if there's anyone out there who's listening, who's thinking of running a, a Kickstarter program, either for a brand new idea or for a new idea inside their existing business, have you got kind of like a, a top three, top five tips for them of just things they must make sure either they do or they avoid? Um. You've got to be prepared to put the time into the marketing side of it. Um, overdoing all these campaigns, all, all these seven. I think maybe even after, if you have your first successful campaign, you'll realize that Kickstarter or any crowdfunding platform, really, it's not a sales platform. It's a marketing uh, platform. Uh, you don't tend to come out of Kickstarter with a, a lot of money in your pockets as profit or anything like that. But the reach that you get is sensational. But you have to be willing to put the time into research and market. So please, please research uh, who you're going to be sending this this to and and use the tools that are at your disposal, namely things like Facebook and other advertising platforms. So that's I think that's like a key thing to getting it to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to get in front of people. Uh, so you've got to be willing to spend a little bit of, of money on the marketing because it's, it's a bit like having your website isn't it you can't just put it up there and expect people to find it you put yeah. it up on the platform and then you have to drive the traffic absolutely yeah yeah uh, another top tip is to if you can have a sample or have a small batch of them ready to go send to bloggers and, and people who will talk about your product before you even launch the, the project it just gives you a, a bit of a head start on day one. Would you say that's as much for the trust benefit of, all right, it actually exists in reality. I'm probably, I'm going to get this um, (laughs) as well as the fact you've got someone promoting you. Yeah. It's not always possible. If you've got a highly technical 
project. But if you're doing a, a simple product, it, it really does instill a bit of confidence. Yeah. Okay, cool. Any others? I think all these things feed back into the one major thing for, for us is that all this work and effort needs to go in before the campaign launches. So don't just run into a campaign and and then start trying to do all this after you've launched it. It's all like the three months work prior to the launch date kind of thing. So have everything laid out, know exactly what you what you need to do, everything um well before you launch. Yeah. And if uh, as part of that uh, shipping, if you are sending anything, then really do your research on your on the shipping rates because uh, that can really come back and bite people um, when they don't put enough on for shipping. Things like that. You can just hemorrhage uh, the funds that you've managed to collect. Uh, so it's really important to get that right. And talking about pricing, you know, is it simply a case of saying you can have this product for this price, two of this product for this price? Is it all about selling the product or do you kind of do those specials like a signed product or a product plus an hour with the designer and, and those kind of value add options or is it literally just buy this product? Um, we tend to, I mean, a lot of the earlier campaigns, we would have people actually involved in the design process. So we'd throw out questionnaires and things like that and, and see what products they actually wanted instead of mm-hmm. just the stuff that we'd come up with, uh, how people's throats kind of thing. Um, so there was, there's that nice element that we have. Um, what we tend to do on Kickstarter is launch a lot of products that we don't sell after Kickstarter as well. So they're very much limited edition. Um, one-offs kind of thing so there's that people who get involved with that they, they, you know they don't get a chance to get those or yeah the, it's the only place they can get these these products from us kind of thing so yeah. in the kickstarter they can get your standard product that will be on sale to your wholesalers and your e-commerce customers but there'll also be some kickstarter only options at a higher price point i would guess uh yeah we normally offer it a reasonable you know we don't go crazy yeah and, Normally, it's like only five pounds more to have. So, like, normally, we introduce like a bunch of uh, like gold or rose gold options in the past, and they've been. Uh, and then we, yeah, we don't sell them again afterwards. So. The first campaign we did, uh, we stamped names into the, the wallets yeah, and that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you personalise them for them. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes things end up becoming rarities or limited editions just because. Frankly, they just don't do that well. Uh, <laughs> and you sell one of them and that's it. Um, so, well, you're never really sure exactly which one it's going to be, you know. So, but it sometimes happens, sometimes it doesn't. I suppose given you've got to number seven now, are you still being, pres- still being surprised by the reaction you get and the mix of things that are sold and, and what happens in them? Yeah, I think the biggest surprise was the last campaign we ran for um, the, the Solaris um, fragrance infusible bracelet kind of thing, but it uh, it got us thirty five thousand by the end of it. Yeah, um, and we was just expecting that one to, you know, it was just a little add on. We thought, uh, you know, we like the idea, we'll put it out there to see what people think, and people went crazy for it, and it was just such a surprise to us. But, um, Which I, I guess is one of those things where you really do need to make sure you've got the shipping and all the costs worked out before you set the prices. Because if you're expecting to raise ten grand and you raise thirty five thousand, and you got it, so as you lose a quid on each one, all of a sudden it's got it's gone from a little loss to a, to a huge loss when you up those numbers. So you've got to really make sure you've got got everything stacked up, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. we made some mistakes like that 
uh, early on uh, with things uh, we not quite accounted for shipping correctly and getting components wrong on some things and they take a lot longer to put together and then cost you in the long run kind of thing. But um, I think we've sort of overcome a lot of those issues now, thank goodness. Yeah. So I guess the the whole crowdfunding piece is now just another of your routes to market alongside the website and the wholesale route, but it's one that kind of appears and disappears. Yeah. Um, maybe a campaign or two a year. It's just a great um, validation tool. Um, just a, we, we don't, what other opportunity will we have other than just actually buying in loads of stock and risking loads of capital to, to find out that no one actually is interested. Um, the, the measured amount of risk with doing a, a crowdfunding campaign can really pay off because at least you go, right, buy a hundred of those. Don't buy any of them because no one wanted that. Instead of having to buy hundreds of pieces of stuff that's just going to gather dust whilst you stare at it. <laughs> <laughs> and do you find that the um, the sales mix, the skew mix that you you get on Kickstarter, rep, you know, kind of continues into the wholesale and the and the website? So you know, if something is the best selling version on Kickstarter, it'll be the best selling version on the website and the best selling version through wholesale. Normally, it normally is that that way. Um, but then every so often there's a little flurry from somewhere out of left field where it tends to happen a bit more with the wholesale side of things where one of the other bracelets, for instance, that's less popular, they order loads of them. Um, maybe 10 people came in asking about it that month. Uh, so, you know, nine times out of 10, the popular stuff, Kickstarter is the popular stuff for the rest of the product's life. But, there's anomalies. Oh, aren't there always? Okay, I think it's time we go into the top tips round then after those top crowdfunding tips. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Now, guys, are you going to all three of you answer these or are we going to get one of you answering each of the top tips? I think we've got one each here. Okay, cool. In that case then, let's start off with the book top tip. If everyone's listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got by Jay Abraham. Oh, that's not one I've come across. What's it about? Apart from uh, so, getting everything you've got out of... <laughs> I mean, it really, yeah, I guess the title does explain quite well in a sense, but it's just, um, for me, it's really helps like see the forest for the trees. And it's just, if you, the idea is you've got next to nothing. How do you make something out of nothing? And, uh, practices and techniques for sales, marketing, business practice, things like that, which seem obvious after you've read it, written down and someone <laughs> showed you, but might not be so clear. And it's, it's been great just reading that. It's quite an old book, uh, but you can pick it up pretty cheap. That is the good thing about old books. Yep. The one one penny sale on Amazon. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, so it is Kickstarter. Um, even after the the project's been funded, you, like years after, uh, you're still getting referrals from that. So it's definitely been our, our number one traffic source. Okay, cool. The tool top tip then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, yeah, it's uh, first it's quite a standard one, but it's WhatsApp. 
uh, it just keeps communication tight between all of us. Uh, and then combine that with Dropbox, which just makes us really mobile and responsive. Nice. And uh, we're, we're rattling through these today. The startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? They know the market inside out and be prepared to invest in the marketing and just be ready for, for that to be hard. And that it doesn't get any easier. It does just get more expensive. Um, don't take marketing firms for at their word or oh, we can do these uh, rates of return for you on this much. Um, the society is so amorphous and changing all the time, it's impossible. So just be prepared for that to be a big part of your expenditure, but frankly necessary. An endless challenge, isn't it? Just twist, pivot, twist, pivot. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, before we say goodbye, could you guys please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yeah, so our website is venacci.com and uh, for our social media, it's at this is Venacci, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. Cool. And could you spell Venacci for everybody? Please. It's uh, V-A-N-A-C-C-I. Excellent. So com is the website. Yeah. Marvellous. Okay. Well, I'll add links to that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. They're at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Well, James, Ryan and Sean, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today. I'm feeling quite pleased. I've managed a three person interview. I think I've done okay. Um, listeners, I was gonna say viewers then listeners, you can be the judge of that. Um, thank you so much for being on it today and for being so generous, sharing your experience with us. I'm, I know it will make a difference to a lot of people listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, some must-have info there for all of you if you're thinking about doing Kickstarters. And I think one of the really key things for me to take away from that is, well, one of them, actually, let's say this, I've got two key things. Number one would be it's not easy. It takes a huge amount of work. I guess it's quite similar to kind of product launches that you would do. So like the book launches I've done and and the summit launch. And it's it takes a huge amount of effort because you've got to get so much ready before you even open the door to the sales. So it's not an easy option, but it can be hugely powerful. And then the second thing is, it's not purely an option for for someone who's just starting up. If you're launching a new product that you've designed, why not give it a go on the Kickstarter platform? Give it a go, see what, what marketing you can get. We also had, um, back a while, we had, we've had him on twice now. We've had Dave on, who's from Cheese Posties and was from Lick My Dip when he came on. And he's used a similar model and was raving about the impact it makes on building that community and that that passionate customer base. So one to think about for the uh, probably for the 20, 2018 marketing plans now, but but get those get those gray cells working. The e-commerce master plan virtual summit 2017. Phew. What, wow. I mean, what a week it was last week. Thank you to all of you who got involved. Uh, it was great to hear feedback from so many of you as the week went on and to see so many discussions going on in the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group. Thank you 
from the bottom of my heart, it really does make all the effort we put in, I put in to bring this to you worth it. I'm so pleased that it's having an impact already on so many of your businesses. And I know it's only going to help you as we go through the coming months and years. Now, if you've not got a clue what I'm talking about, then get yourself over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit because you can still sign up. There you'll find everything you want to know about my e-commerce master plan virtual summit and you can sign up for free. It's still open. You are not restricted from getting this this content just simply because we're the week after. You can get it right now. So you can get all the awesome summit content right now for free. Go on, do it. ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Uh, have a great week and use the summit to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.